Welcome to Dear So-and-So, a phone call between friends where we offer up advice that no one has asked us for. As always, we'll read some of our favorite advice column questions and give our unsolicited opinions. I'm Alyssa Bloomstein. And I'm Steph Karp. I'm Alyssa Steenstein. What if? Oh my God, what I if? have news. <laughs> Alyssa figured it out. Yeah. Welcome news, to y'all. Dear So-and-So. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> Can I read you? Yeah, of course. This Dear Prudence, which is like another one that feels like something that I, in my own personal life, like couldn't, would never know how to tackle. (gasps) The one about the twins? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, we can try it. Do you feel sick about that? No, not at all. I'm just like, woo, what do we do? I know. Okay. It just feels like so out of my realm of expertise or the things that I talk about that like, I don't don't even know how to delve in. Well, we got to lean into this skid because I think this podcast is about being unhelpful. Okay, perfect, perfect. In some times, you know. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I have a Dear Prudence for you, and okay. it reads, yeah. My identical twin brother had a drunken one-night stand with a woman two years ago. Mm-hmm. When asked for his name and contact the next morning, he gave my details. His idea of a joke. I looked her yeah. up on Facebook out of curiosity when she texted me and realized she and I had a lot in common. I met up with her and eventually we became an item. I've always had a nagging feeling that I should confess how we actually met. I keep putting it off, fearing her response. Yeah. I want to propose to her, but feel like maybe I should come clean before we take the next giant step. I'm a fan of your column, not us, dear Prudence, that's pointed mm-hmm. at. Yeah. Um, definitely not a fan of dear so-and-so. And you know, I know they don't know anything about us and i know and i i know you often advise people to keep mum about irrelevant sexual details that would only hurt the other partner does this come under such a category she if you're inviting her to be a part of your life she's gonna meet the brother she's gonna exactly like and she kind of needs to know that she has also slept with your brother so i'm trying to understand exactly what happened here so girlfriend texts yeah and he just pretended he pretend he just played along as though he was the one that had the drunken one night stand he just played along so she followed up to get a second date and and twin brother was like well why not I think that first date they had was full of him lying about their previous hookup. Like, oh, yeah, the party was crazy. Like, oh, yeah. Like, you know, like, it's like, oh, that would really be scary. (sighs) That means that their whole first date, like, was him sort of just kind of like letting her (laughs) believe that they'd already slept together and that he'd been at a place he'd never been. Oh, my God. You know, that's dark shit. Like, it's not cool. (laughs) There might not be any coming back from this. There might not. But again, as we've said with other coming clean scenarios, like we don't know how she'll react. Maybe. I mean, when you're when you love someone and you're in love to the point where you want to get married to them, you do have a lot of like yeah. you have a lot of weird forgiveness because of yeah. all that oxytocin or whatever is happen- better, happening. Better or but. worse than all the weird people who pretended they were Jewish. <laughs> what do you think i think it's similar i mean i think it might be a little worse because it's like i think it's a little bit worse because she literally slept with a different person (laughs) another human being that's not them and this person was like no that was me Yeah, I don't, I don't, it's not, it's bad. Oh my God, bad. I love the weighing of like, which is more offensive. <laughs> like, 
<laughs> pretending to be Jewish like, or pretending, pretending, to... pretending you're one of the chosen people or right. pretending you're a literal other person. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. I think I think it's inherently worse pretending you're a different person yeah. than a Jewish person. <laughs> That's right. But it's still pretty bad to just pretend you're Jewish and never and like when given the opportunity to correct a person not correct. Yes, That's because sort of the, the Jewish one is kind of like built on like kind of a series of lies, whereas this one is sort of like one lie that never was sort of talked about again. The 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 pretending you're Jewish is sort of built on like a well. Why well, don't you know worse, Alyssa, the that's words the... to these prayers? And you're like, I just wasn't raised that religious. Well, no, that... I'm just Christian. Like that makes that one seem worse because it's such I an know. active lie. And this I is know. such now a like. I'm, I guess now what I'm you're saying questioning. Is I'm, I'm, you're I'm unsure. Doing, I am. I'm questioning yeah. like any good Jew is taught to do. <laughs> Exactly, exactly, exactly. Ask so many questions. So many questions until we, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so now I kind of think it's worse to lie to lie about to your about religion. Your religion, and yeah, because like that's like a web. That that's a, yeah, that's a wild web. But I think the, dece- the, the, the amount this implicates the other person in the lie. Like it yeah. implicates the partner because the partner slept with someone they don't know they've slept with. Yeah, yeah, too. yeah. And, and that, so that to me feels is violating. Creepier. Not good. Yeah, creepier. Yeah, that yeah. feels scarier to me. It's um, it's a briefer, more intense um, digression, you know? Yeah, Whereas yeah, the yeah. other one's sort when, of a, a small, repeated, like paper cuts, death by a thousand cuts, you know? Yeah, like from the outside, not in love. When you give me those two choices, I say it's really fucked up that someone built a web of lies about right. their Judaism. Yeah. But you tell me that somebody is is like operating under the idea that they were somebody else for a moment and now are somebody else and that somebody else that they were for a moment slept with this person who now they want to stay spend the rest of their life with. And I'm terrified. Like that's that's the shit horror movies are built on. And then there'll be a family member forever and you'll never be able to let it go. Because every time you see the twin brother at home, holidays and stuff you're just gonna think about it it's too bad this could have been like mitigated years ago by that uh, original yeah, brother always just <laughs> set setting the two of them up like good right. golly good golly oh my god sounds like they're both creeps because they both had an opportunity to right the wrong and they both were like now nah, let's just do it this way is there any coming back from this only the bride to be only the fiance the you know only the partner can say could you come back from this? No. <laughs> no this way. This would be the mistrust that ruins you. That ruins me, yeah. This Could is you come back from your partner lying about their religion? I have to really picture myself in that scenario. <laughs> so just give me a second. Okay. Take a moment. Open a Torah. I think probably... I know, but, me too. I think mm, I could come back from the religion one easier than this one. Even though the religion yeah, one is no. like built on a web of Jewish lies. Yeah, it. I definitely, it, really that one, it's easier to wrap my mind around it being a possibility. I'm not saying mm-hmm. it would, but it's definitely easier to like be like, okay, well, let me think about it. With this one, I'm just like, no, they're out of my life. Like, yeah, I, with I would the, look them in the, the eye and just be like, you don't live here anymore. Jewish guy, I'd yeah. be like, wow, what a web of lies. I will see you to the synagogue where you will now be forced to take that like horse horrible year-long course to yep. convert like yep. there seems like this sort of like retribution afterwards where it's like oh totally oh, and really then you can tease up. them relentlessly forever like you can kind of hold them accountable right in a way that like i don't know what you do after <laughs> like i don't know yeah how you know like, it's a get out of my house situation this. yeah or you or 
love is stronger than this and you just forgive. And that's maybe, that. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Two years. I don't like it. Slimy. Good golly. This one we need to follow up. We, God, I hope there is one. Desperately. I wonder if partner is also a little slimy. Like, I'm like, are you all a little slimy? Do you so do true. slimy You're things right. together? Do you guys like do weird, do you kind of get off on lying to your friends about stuff totally. that doesn't matter? Like, do you, you know, like. A small part of me and definitely you, I think, are Is wondering. thinking, wondering yeah. maybe if this is a match made in heaven. Yes. Yeah. Well. A match made in lies. Hell. Yeah. Do you want to read me something? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do. Dear Miss Manners, this happened in 1974. I was outraged <laughs> then and I'm still outraged now when I think about it. Yeah, I my, get it. My, yeah. My then fiance and I had just sat down to eat in a diner when the manager came over saying that another guest objected to the baseball cap my fiance was wearing. He told him to remove it, uh, which embarrassed he immediately did. I don't feel it was the manager's place to say anything. Nothing about our looks or behavior was objectionable. I'm not even sure my fiancé was the only man wearing a cap. How should this have been handled? I was all for getting up and leaving immediately, but he was hungry. Is this one of those you should let it go after all of these years? No, I think this is one of those, is that diner still there? Go back. Are the owners the same? Go back. Wear the hat, see what happens, and if anyone gives you any guff, come back with something quippy, you know? Right. Like, just, re- just re- it's sort of psychodrama it for yourself so you can change the story in your mind. Oh, yeah, you gotta, you have to reenact. Yeah. And, and presumably now in this day and age, no one's gonna say anything. No, I, I'm thinking no one's gonna say anything. I'm thinking no people one's gonna wear say anything. much worse. No, people wear masks that say censored on them. People say, people wear, um, like, T-shirts that have the F word in them. Like, it's, yeah. we're just in a different era of in of dis, dis uncivility. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No <laughs> one is like, going to object to his baseball mm-mm. cap. This is yeah. one of those where it's like, you weren't ready in the moment with sort of a comeback, Mm-hmm. You know, like like you you wish you had sort of stood your ground and said, like, I don't think this is appropriate for you to request or you out were, of us. Or that you were self-deprecating to the point where it was hyst- like you were drawing to, like attention to the fact that it was hysterical, like that they were asking you to do this, you know, like, yeah, oh, yeah, God, yeah. well, I get where is your oven? I'm going to crawl in. Like, I'm so embarrassed. Like, you know? <laughs> exactly, exactly. But it's like one of those where like in those moments in retrospect, like it's easy to sort of dwell like, oh, that was annoying. And we didn't stand yeah. on ground. We didn't say anything. Um, yeah. But we all have those moments. And we do. But I'm worried for Collar because we don't all have moments from 1974 that are no. this petty. Like mostly we have shame that we mm. remember for that long. Sure. I'm not sure I can remember a time when I just felt like miffed, you know, (laughs) just like, how dare he from like, well, not, I don't, I didn't, I haven't lived that long. I wasn't alive then, but. um, You just need more years under your belt, Steph. Get ready. You're right. I don't even know. I don't know what the sort of like later in life resentments will be. You're right. I don't know. You have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow that you're going to be thinking about in 2045. 
Good golly. I feel like mostly, though, like, at least in my 30s, all I'm doing is making myself proud. I'm interrupting um, older white men who keep talking at me, even though I know what they're going to say. Wonderful. I, um... I tell like family members when I think they've crossed a line and then they're always like, oh yeah, I'm sorry I did that. And it's great. Like I, I just, I am, my skills are growing. So it's really hard to imagine. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure, sure. What yeah. I'll be upset about, but not to brag. I mean to brag, but. Yeah, yeah. Humble brag. Humble brag. <laughs> just a little humble brag there. I'm worried for Caller and how long they've been holding on to yes. this. I'm also worried for Caller about how embarrassed they got mm, yeah. when their fiancé was simply asked to remove their hat in a mm-hmm. dining establishment. Like, yep. oh, bud, this must, like, life must be kind of hard for you if I think you're experiencing this much. Maybe, but I think sometimes it's surprising what stuff kind of hits you hard and other yeah. stuff doesn't. The stuff that just yeah. sort of rolls off you and then somebody sure. sort of says a sort of innocuous thing and you're like, <gasps> like, oh my oh God, no. that deeply makes me feel uncomfortable. It's, it touches my deepest insecurities. Yes. Something yeah, yeah, I yeah. believed about myself. Yeah. Exactly. This is not quite the same, but people hold on to to these sorts of feelings get held on to. And I like sort of related, though unrelated note, at the restaurant where I work, there yeah. was uh, there were patrons who were not my table, though mm-hmm. we help out our fellow servers. Mm-hmm. So I ended up serving this middle-aged woman and man um, mm-hmm. several of their drinks. And she, several times when I went over, brought up that I looked familiar. We came to the conclusion that we are both from the same town, that perhaps we've seen each other on the street. She lives not that far. You know, I thought we had sort of settled this. And then Mm. at the like third or fourth time when I came over to grab something, clear something off the table, she said, I know where I know you from. (laughs) (laughs) Uh were you in the wizard of oz in the elementary peer school play and i said i was i was and you said my god i i do do that activity (laughs) i do do that activity exactly and she said you were the cowardly lion and i said i was and she Uh said i designed costumes for that play And I made you this headdress that I took a long time working on. And you hated it. And you threw it in the trash. (laughs) Yep. I was that sounds like nine. Yeah. I was nine. Well, and when you it didn't happened. even recall, right? Like you were like, I don't no remember doing that. But like Zero. maybe I, I apologized. Did, yeah. I sure, said, you know, yeah. this felt like, you know, her moment where she finally got to the you justice know, address, that she was seeking. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like address the hurt from the past. So I apologize. Yeah. But then when she kept driving it, I did right. have to remind her of the year that right. it had it happened. happened. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, two it was nineteen ninety-three or whatever. Yeah, yeah, just like three decades almost. Yeah. Yeah, almost three yeah. decades had passed. And that I was sorry this had happened, but that I had no recollection. And that yeah. was that. And that's all mm-hmm. I could do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry this happened. That sounds like a really shitty thing that a child did. Mm-hmm. I was that child. Sorry I was horrible back then. Yeah. Can I get you another Negroni? Did we answer this okay? Of course not. There's nothing we can, because there's nothing we can do for this person. Okay, yeah, you're right. Well, best of Sorry. luck to them. <laughs> best of luck. What do you got? I have um, I have a social cues for you, because okay. people are still asking the age-old questions. Okay. That we've come to know and love. Here's Perfect. another, here's just another one of those. Okay. It's from Jim. 
Jim writes to, to New York Times social cues. At the end of a long weekend, we drove our house guests to the train station. They were running late and asked us to hurry. They didn't want to miss their train. Cut to, we were stopped by the police for speeding. Who should pay the ticket? Jim. Um, we, dear listeners, <laughs> yeah. you old so-and-sos, we answered a, a write-in, a call-in? No, a write-in. A write-in, I think, like, yeah. several months back, quite similar to this. Yeah. What yeah. was our, do you remember what our well, advice so was? It had happened in the past. I know, it was like a statute of was, limitations situation So there was a statute case. of limitations, and it was like, well, but if you, like, really can't let it go, we encourage you to just, every time you go out to dinner and it's your turn to Venmo them, right. you just are like, I'm going to Venmo, Venmo you $5 less toward the yes. ticket that you Yeah, you me. just, like, recoup your costs. You recoup your costs. so time. It sounds like, but these folks are holding the fresh ticket unpaid. No one's created an account at like whatever.gov to pay their ticket. Right, right, Um, right. And the question, it's like, it's live. We can address it in the now. Um, That's a lot of pressure, actually. Um, Who should pay the ticket? They should split it. They should all be good friends and split it. I agree. But here, I have a question for you. If, If you were the passenger... Yeah. Asking me to hurry and I got a ticket. What would you do? Oh, my God. I'm so sorry. I'll pay for your ticket. Okay, great. If you were the driver. Yeah. And like if you were the driver. If I was Jim. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't say like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. What would you do? I would say. Do you want to split this ticket? No, I would say, oh, I'm I would no. I would just act as though. It was like my gift to them. Like, oh, I'm happy to split that with you. Perfect. Yeah. There we go. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Done. Done. It's, a, it's a, the age old question. Who is at I fault? Know. Like who convinced who? And then who? Like it's like who convinced who? And then who is fiscally responsible? There, are, there are like other things at play there though. Like mm-hmm. so let, let me let me paint a larger situation. Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah, I've got ideas here. Okay, the house guests are ready to leave. Yeah. But Jim, the driver, is Ooh, like running is a little bit behind sure, that could is yeah. like, oh God, like I gotta grab this and we just need to like stop by the store because I need to just drop off this like mm-hmm. one thing here. Okay, mm-hmm. what about in that case? Oh, in that case, he pays his own ticket and the people are just like, thank you so much for getting me to the train. We'll see you next time. Okay, how about if the people, if the people trying to make the train were running really behind? Yeah. Are they now and- responsible for full ticket? They should they should offer to pay the ticket like they should offer to pay the ticket. Absolutely. They should offer if you're not an if you're a gym and you sort of like can't get them to offer. That's right. when you you just pull another like, oh, I'm I'll that, split I'm, that sucks. Guys. I'm so happy to split that with you. Yeah. Here's the thing for Jim, though, is that Jim's insurance premiums might go. Up. I know. We don't know how many tickets he's already had. Like this sucks. Jim will definitely end up shouldering most of the burden here. I think the um, lesson here is. Don't offer your friends a ride ever. Oh, never. Not one <laughs> never. time. No, no. The answer here, Alyssa, is every time you get in the car, you look around at everybody in the car and you say, all right, if we get a ticket for anything, we're yes. all prepared to split it. Right. Yeah. And then everyone goes, right. And then you continue on your journey. I think even better on the back of both the driver and the passenger seat are two is a clipboards sun- <laughs> like yeah. hanging there with ballpoint uh-huh. pens. And, yeah. you, and you force your passengers to sign. 
to sign a yeah you just, yeah, oh just don't worry this is just a this is just a waiver um we make everyone do it uh Every don't worry about person. it it's really yep. routine yep nothing in there that your lawyer would object to um yeah, <laughs> yeah but it is binding yeah, yeah yeah but it is binding yeah and you don't yeah. start the car until signatures are on and they've passed you the piece of paper to the front correct i think that's the move there it is you're done question for you it is from carolyn hacks um Mm -hmm. and it is signed decision fatigue Mm -hmm. dear carolyn i felt much better during the pandemic because it was much clearer to me which choices were the right choices i social distanced so i didn't have to decide which events to go to i didn't have as much choice over my time because i had to get my part-time job done when my husband wasn't working and could watch the kids i didn't have to worry what food to get because i knew i should just get what's available and not go to multiple stores or worry if something wasn't the best deal etc All of the decisions had been exhausting, and suddenly I had so many fewer to make or second guess. I might have been sad about things I wasn't missing, but I wasn't upset at myself for maybe causing it. How can I stay in this same place now with so many choices again? Signed, decision fatigue. Mm -hmm. Uh Mm Uh-huh. Yeah. So I think what you have to do is make a few kind of like guiding principles type choices mm-hmm. that help you keep things simple, right? Okay. So it's like, okay, if if you feel like grocery store wise, like you used to like spend all this time worrying like, oh, like, you know, my kid, no, just be like, you know what? My time is worth something to me. Mm-hmm. I don't go to multiple stores. I do the store that is most convenient for me that time. Yep. You can just make like sort of a guiding principle about shopping that is just like, you know what you don't do? Agonize over deals, you know? Yeah. Because um, apparently you did it for over a year and you didn't go broke or die, mm-hmm. you know? So, okay. And um, I think the same thing can happen with like getting your part-time job done. It's like work out a schedule so you don't have to like think about it every week and just be like, well, and I think, and it's not even about thinking about it. I think it's too, it's like, well, I could do this later. I could, yep. you know, like, oh, it'd be really nice. To, it's like, no, just hold yourself accountable to some guiding principle that's like, you know what? This is the time I do it. And whether I feel like doing it or not, it's when I do it. Um, And also know that this is a common tale. There are so many social science experiments and articles about... Oh, yeah. How (laughs) detrimental this kind of, like, constant decision-making is. Yeah, about, like, choice. advertising exploits this weakness we have. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and so you kind of just have to, like... The thing that's cool is that you can take control back and yeah. you can like just be like, you know what? These actually aren't decisions that serve me. Yes. I'm not going to make them anymore. They're not yeah. decisions anymore. They're automated. They're, you know, they're simplified like you, but you will have to maybe just like come to peace with like, well, maybe I'm not optimizing all the time. Maybe right. this isn't the most efficient way to do this. I think sometimes it's helpful to know that like this isn't your fault. This is like no. how... Mm-mm. How, yeah, just sort of like how brain chemistry yeah, you're, works. How you're not our, a weak-minded person. Exactly. Like you're not, a, you know, you don't have some shortcoming or something. But that you can be smarter than this. Like that you can outsmart this. This phenomenon yes. of like, oh God, should I be doing this instead? This FOMO, this yes. like, yeah, you, you can, can outsmart, outsmart this. You can outsmart it. 
It yeah. takes practice. Mm-hmm. It takes work. You've proved that and you acceptance. can do it. You've yes. like proven you're able to adjust. Like, look at yeah. this. We just lived through oh God, a year-long pandemic adjusted. and we all adjusted. It felt really awful at first. It was like, mm-hmm. felt really narrow and small and scary. And then you kind of leaned into it. And then there was something sort of like nice about being at home, that comforting. And then the choices came back. Like you're you're kind of having like the, the opposite thing. Oh my gosh, now the overwhelm, the fear, mm-hmm, the, mm-hmm. you know, comes right back. And a worldwide pandemic is a convenient way to prove to yourself <laughs> that you can can do it yeah um but like as you said Steph with um I don't know what word you you use a few guiding principles yes. you can just sort of decide it's not going to feel as easy as no. it maybe did once you settled into right, the pandemic you are going to have to decide to do these things and commit to doing them like you are going to have to decide oh that's just something that I don't try to optimize for anymore mm-hmm. I you know and like kind of let go and you have to stop second guessing whether that was the right choice or not yeah <laughs> like I've decided I just don't do multiple store shopping anymore. And mm-hmm. I, oh, God, it's going to nag at me if I got the best deal or if I got the best quality product. It's going to nag at me. But right. I, like, I'm deciding to, like, acknowledge that feeling, let it go. Yeah, exactly. Yep, this meat might be a little less good than the meat down the street. It might be. <laughs> I don't know, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, too bad, you know? Yeah. 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 And I think, I don't remember if we ever answered that question. There was somebody sort of talking about how they had, uh, they had liked how their social group got kind of like whittled down. Yes, and then yeah. did they have to sort of open things back up again? I think the the whole world is going through like some variant of this, where it's yeah. sort of like pointing out these things that we may or may not have realized about ourselves before yeah. that we now have to contend with after. There's a really, there was a really sweet, I think it was probably NPR piece mm-hmm. of like, just like it was interviews with people about what they want to keep from mm. the pandemic. It might have been our local NPR stations, I love just that. like local KCRW. Yeah. Yeah. And it was just all these people just talking about like, yeah, things that they had experienced that, and feelings they wanted to keep with them and, and habits. And like, oh, it was, it ran the gamut. It wasn't all habits. It yeah. Wasn't, you know, um, but it was really sweet to hear. And I wish there was a little more, or I wish that was more regular right now or there was some more programming of that because it did feel like. That's so fantastic. Good. Yeah, you yeah, were like forced rad. into something you thought would be so, so, so awful. And then yeah. found out that some good, that you learned yes. some good things about yeah. yourself potentially yeah. from it. And then what do you do with that after do do with those that? things are not like baked into life any longer? Yeah. I, well, I think it's at least worth naming them mm-hmm. and trying to keep them alive in your mind, heart, space sure. as long as you can. Yeah. Yeah. Mind, heart, space. Yeah. You know. What is that? It's hard to say mind. It's hard to say heart. I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Mind, heart, space. It's an emo- whatever you. your emotional space is. Sure, 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 yeah, sure. It's hard sure. to yeah. keep them in mind, but also it's not totally intellectual. Right? I hear you. Anyway, I hear yeah. you. That makes sense to me. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. So I feel for you so much. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's cool that you maybe learned about yourself that like sometimes optimizing wasn't the thing making you happy. Sometimes right. a little bit of constraint, a little bit of not the best option, a little bit of the simpler option, mm-hmm. like actually gave you some like good mental health benefits and like maybe it's okay. Yeah. If you let go of a few things that you were trying to make like the best or the most or the, you know, mm-hmm. um, yeah. 
Yeah, this sort of idea of optimizing one's life feels very, you know, that kind of like life hack thing. And there is sort of beauty to optimization. I get it. But we've definitely leaned a little bit too hard into life optimization. Sometimes simplification is, is the optimization. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Simplify it. Just simplify it all. Thank you, you old so-and-sos, and thank you, Steph, for spending another half an hour giving useless advice. What a pledge. Ugh, you, what a pleasure. Ugh, it is a pleasure. <laughs> this show, doing the show, is a true pleasure. If you want to keep in touch with us over the next week, you can find past episodes, uh, ask your questions, just kind of check us out at dearsoandso.pizza or at our Instagram, dearsoandsopodcast. Our phone number is daddog5078. Our theme music is by our friend Busy Hemphill. As always, I'm Alyssa Bloomstein. And I'm Steph Karp. And we'll talk to you next week. We will. Bye. You have one unheard message. Hey, it's me. I get so worried that I'll forget to tell you this on the show that I have to leave a voicemail to tell you this, which is I saw one of the best cubicle, not really cubicle, uh, workplace affirmations ever outside my work. A UPS truck was parked picking up some deliveries from the restaurant and above the driver's side door in black vinyl lettering, it just said, today is going to be a great day. Oh my God, decorate your space, fill it with all the affirmations you need. Thanks, delivery guy. You're the best. All right, talk to you soon. Bye. End of message.